Welcome, and you're listening to Geekologist Radio, a division of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. And meow. Hey, it's Christopher, and welcome to a special edition of Geekologist Radio. Today we tackle episode 3 of season 7 of Game of Thrones. In each of these spoiler casts for this season, we're going to give you our initial impressions, talk about the story and where every major plot line is, and our final thoughts, which will also include the hits and misses. As always, we'll have some theories as to where things will go, but let's introduce our panel for tonight's cast. First up, we have Cajun. I'm back and ready. I have tablet out, reading notes, and I even put highlights this time to help give me focused. Uh, I can attest there was color coordination on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we also have Jeff. Hey, how's it going? It's time for the Thrones of the Games of the Thrones. And the games. <laughs> and the prepositions. Yes. <laughs> I'll tell you what, this episode had lots of games in it. This yes. was this was chess pieces all over the place. Um, and so let's get started with our initial thoughts on episode seven or season seven, pardon me, episode three, uh, the Queen's Justice. Yes. So uh, what are your initial thoughts? For me, this is probably something we'll we'll get to off the back but it was there was one theme i saw that i wasn't really expecting to see on a kind of a rewatching we go through is that um there's so many people being told things they don't believe but then they quickly come around to believe it in this episode and uh that's one of that's one of my takes takeaways my takeaway for this episode was how little communication there is how little communication there is amongst any of the seven you know what i mean so it's it's to your point, Cajun, a lot of hearsay. Like, I know somebody who I kind of trust, and then you said the same thing, so I guess I should believe that. And so it's it's really just the right not telling the left a lot of things. And that's just kind of just, just how it used to be in the olden days. I mean, there was no other way except for word of mouth for people to really get any information. So you had to trust people, which is scary. Yeah, you can't Wikipedia that. You can't Snoops that. This is yeah. like White Walkers. <laughs> Oh, they existed. There was a there was a thing. No, he's candy. Hey, you're like the second or third person has mentioned them. Maybe they are real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> either either there's three crazy people or they're real. It's it's uh, it's tough for my brain to process that information. <laughs> We're gonna start at sea uh, with Theon, uh, aka Reek, being pulled from the sea. That dirty bastard. Yeah, yeah. He, that was it. I mean, he was pulled from the sea, and uh, the sailor was like, "Is your sister dead?" Uh, no, Euron has her. Did you try to save her? And then he's like, I tried to save her. Well, if you tried, you wouldn't be here right now. And that was it. The whole that's the morality. Like left him. Yeah. yeah. And that's the morality of um, the Greyjoys yeah. and the Iron Isles. It's, it's that. But in terms of the Game of Thrones universe, the ones who see an unwinnable situation and run to survive are the ones who win the Game of Thrones. So yeah. he saw an unwinnable situation and decided to survive. And uh, that's probably why Iron Isles never really wins the Game of Thrones. Because <laughs> <laughs> they see unwinnable situations and just throw bodies at it to die. That's why the Vikings yeah. aren't around anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's they have a, have a similar philosophy. So as quickly as we were at sea with Theon is as quickly as we left Theon. And that was the only glimpse that we had uh, that was, for the entire episode. That was it. Yep. It, it was real fast. It's like, where's Theon? Oh, there he is. All right, time to go. <laughs> is he uh, dead? Nope, he flew. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. We got to go to the Citadel where uh, Samwell and Jorah were. And we get an update on what Jorah's condition is currently. And guess what? He's all better. 
Yep. It was the climate. Yeah. yeah, it must it must have been the climate. <laughs> must have been the climate. Couldn't have been anything else that happened here. Yeah, but uh, this was the first uh, time where I I thought I saw this theme was as a callback. The archmaster he was told something that he didn't believe previously about the ability uh, to cure dragon scale, and then he quickly found that there was a cure, and now he believes it. And so this was the first time I saw this, and he was sort of the key where I was starting to notice this from other characters uh, throughout this episode. And on cue, like I talked about uh, the previous episode, as soon as Jorah's cured, first thing he says, I'm heading to Danny. Like, mm-hmm. immediately. Like, I'm getting the hell out of Dodge. I was only here to get myself cured. It's time to go. And I'm going to take this big-ass sword. <laughs> and I'm going to start defending her. Yeah. So, you know that he's heading to Dragonstone, which really shocked me that uh, that Samwell for somehow wasn't coordinating into coming along with him. Like I really felt like somehow he was going to go with him, but then now he's, he's, I, he's not. Yeah. So I don't know. I just had a, I had a theory or a hunch that he, that he might just take off. That's all. Yeah. He yeah. has a theory of motives though. I mean, he yep. really wants to be the maester of the wall and he really wants to figure out his goal as given to him by Jon Snow is to figure out how to defeat the white walkers and defend humans. So yes. I think that's, he's working on. And, uh, when the Archmaster says that he wants to meet him uh, that night to talk to him, because he kind of figures out just by looking at all, all of it and just knowing the procedure that Sam probably did something. He confronts him and then says, yeah, you did a good job. That man is alive because of you. But here, I need you to copy these books. And you're your gift is not being kicked out of the citadel. Right. He gets it some pride, the- gets fluffed a little bit, and then brought, <laughs> slam it right back down to earth. Yeah. I think that he might find what he's looking for, though, by copying those books. I think it is a gift. Go ahead. Derek. No, no, go. You, get, you okay. tell what you're thinking. But I think that it is a, uh, it's a gift without it really seeming like one. And I think that the Archmaster is doing that on purpose. By cleaning the books, he has an opportunity to read them, which he's been held back from doing. So that is the gift. The other thing was, is just because you did it, what do you want, a cookie? Listen, you're lucky yeah. that you're, like like you said, you're lucky your ass isn't out of here. Uh, now go do what you're supposed to do, like what you're supposed to be doing. You know, you got lucky once, it might not happen again. Do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. All right. Now, for those books, because we don't know, we don't know if those are the books that were hidden behind the wall or not, behind the gate or not. So, the, I mean, this could just be the history. He could find out Jon Snow's parentage in there because these could be the books that the Archmaster's writing about and he, and he could figure it out through there. Or because it's later that night, the Archmaster had time to get everything that Samuel needed and he's helping him because he's starting to believe this stuff. And because of that, I think that one thing, like this, this guy's not crazy because of all the White Walker talk. Maybe he was telling the truth about that and uh, the curing a dragon scale. Let's let's see what he can find in this stuff, and I'm gonna give him a job where it's not gonna be as obvious that I'm letting him have access to these uh, Archmaster only books. And I think that, that, correct me if I'm wrong, but he doesn't have to just read those books. He has to copy them verbatim. That's yeah, what he said. He's gonna yeah. Re- yeah, he's going to yeah. really learn everything in those books because he's going to have to redraw everything. So he's basically, if these are the manuscripts he needs, or if there's stuff in there that he could use to help defeat the White Walkers, or it could be the history of, it was a long winter, 
what it's called. Mm-hmm. If that any of that stuff's in there, he could start learning uh, the stuff he needs in depthly and not have to do it under candlelight and not have to clean poo-poo pots anymore and all the other stuff. He can just do it uh, during his normal business hours and and be much more effective at it. Remember two episodes ago, he on accident found out about Dragon Glass just by casually reading one of the books, you mm-hmm. know, off the candlelight thing where he just got a glimpse of what information is in there. So who knows what could be in these books, you know, when he right. actually digs in. So mm-hmm. lots of information, lots of good stuff uh, as far as the Citadel is concerned and as far as the Archmeister is concerned. Now let's head to the north uh, where Sansa, Littlefinger, and Bran are. Right. Now, Sansa's acting like a leader. We even hear that later on. Because um, she wants the gig. She's the one Stark who wants the gig to be a leader. For sure. Um, whether it's deep inside her to want the gig or it's the little finger push that wants to get the uh, the gig of being the leader. But uh, she's uh, she's doing it. Yeah, the one thing that we get from that immediately is the fact that she, when she's watching them build the, the chess pieces and she asks where the leather is. And so if you think about Sansa... Four years ago when Sansa was sewing and she was so frail and all of a sudden now, that's not something that was taught by Ned. This is something she's learned by being around. Uh, and the comment was made uh, later on by Tyrion where, you know, she doesn't get it sometimes. And John was like, oh, no, no, she gets it now. So, like, she's smarter, you know, she's yeah. smarter than you think. Yeah, she's yeah. smarter than you think. She, she, play, she played coy. Yeah, she says, or uh, Tyrion's like, You're, she's smarter than she leads on. And then John goes... Oh, she's leading on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We that saw was, that that the was North, a great line. The North doesn't have enough food. They don't. So mm-hmm. if, if people are coming there to help defend and and protect the North, there's enough for a year for the people that are actually there, let alone the people that would be coming. So I wonder where they're going to what they're going to do in order to get that food or how they're going to extend because if not, they're not gonna have enough to feed the people to help defend the wall. Right, they'll need to actually move food from the south up north and thus make alliances with food down south uh, to feed the north. And that's something that we'll probably get some more of later, but because it's such just a minor, I mean, it's a big thing, but it's more of a a political thing, we'll get it in passing. It'll be a few things, they'll do some MacGuffins and we're getting food this way now, and they'll they'll figure it out, or if they need need them to starve, they'll MacGuffin their inability to get food and do it that way in creepy little finger fashion he has a short conversation with sansa basically telling her keep all eyes on everything don't let anything pass by you where you're acting like you don't know what it is and i you could see that he was he's already trying to play the pieces because she caught him and he was backpedaling when he when when they were having the conversation and so he he backpedaled real fast and says oh but, but wait a minute wait a minute I mean, you know, pay attention to everything. It was it was very awkward to see Littlefinger backpedaling for a change. I thought that, like, this is why I like Littlefinger. Because he, he's almost like the Sherlock type of character in this. He plays every single thing out in it. And he's bringing Sansa into his thought process right there. Mm-hmm. Where right. you need to follow everything. You need to look at every outcome and be prepared for whatever's going to happen. And I kind of hope that she takes at least that part of Littlefinger and runs with it because that could be good for her. See, I'm on the other side of it. Like his sense, his speech made sense in a Game of Thrones world 
but it really shows you that if he's taking all of this stuff into consideration, how paranoid he is. Uh, because he's never living in the reality. He's always living in all of these fantasy worlds that he's creating in there. And that that goes, I mean, th- and this is me reaching into my own theory back from last week that he's slowly losing it. And he's going to overstep his bounds with somebody soon. And that's this is that path he's taking. And he, he's going to get himself killed by somebody who's not going to put up with it. He's already stepped overstepped his bounds. He's one whisper away from Lady Tyrell from letting go everything that he's done. And she could if, if she even mentioned anything, and remember, they're in separate places, so he has no idea what's going on. If she said, hey, he was part of this death, it blows everything up with him and Sansa. So he has to be very cautious about all of that, too. She's fine with Joffrey dying. And he's safe from the Lannisters. So yeah, even if she would have said something, it could have got back. But I don't think they're communicating <laughs> that well. We, we talked earlier about how communication mm-hmm. across this world is uh, basically if you send the raven, it better be worth it. And it's two people who plan to be communicating. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, it's gonna, it's his power struggle. It's one of these chess pieces in his head that he misplays, I think. Sansa talks to Bran and I think is feeling out where he wants to play his role in this whole entire thing when she says, oh, well, you're truly the Lord of the North. And then he quickly says... No, 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 no. I don't want any part of that. So it's basically her trying to feel out where where does he stand? Because he, he definitely is ahead of the bastard. And so if he wants to be the, the king of the north, he could totally be that. Yeah, that follows exactly what I was saying. It's like there's three Starks in, uh, in Winterfell or around Winterfell at this point, uh, about to be four. And only one of them wants to rule it. And uh, that's Sansa. Like Bran, even like when Sansa was, it was super emotional scene, she's super emotional I mean, he is just stone-faced. Hello, Sansa. (laughs) It's like how they did it was kind of how I've seen how they kind of portrayed people that have seen way too much. They kind of just go stone-faced. He is experiencing everything now, and so he's trying to process it himself. And so he's just blank. I, I take it kind of like that Dr. Manhattan type thing. Because he right. completely changed once he was able to know everything in the universe. And yeah. I feel that's kind of what Bran is going through right now. And he is just kind of blank and just processing himself or he's just becoming numb to it all. I liken it to somebody who has a memory that can't forget things, where they remember absolutely everything. And if you feel too much, it's just overwhelming. And so instead of doing that, he... he it's almost like he pulls himself out of his own body and is watching himself, you know, in, in the process. And then he keeps referring, obviously, to the Three-Eyed Raven. Uh, and it really creeps out Sansa a couple of times because she's like, well, you know, what does that mean? And he's like, you wouldn't understand. And she, she says, well, what does that mean? And he keeps saying you wouldn't understand. I get that he doesn't feel like she'd understand, but, like, she's <laughs> trying to reach out here. And it was an emotional scene, to your point. And she, he's still very just not trying to, to connect with her at all. No, he wasn't. But and he kept like saying something. That's like uh, that's like my dad. He'll tell a story about a coworker who I've never met and, and tell about a first name. Like Greg Smalls did this. Like who the hell is Greg Smalls? He's like I'm the three eyed raven. I'm like who the hell is that? Why why are you using the formal name of something to a person who has no clue what you're talking about? Like give give the definition. Go deeper into it instead of just repeating when she says I don't know. Instead of just repeating it, give a definition of it. And he's, he's, like I said, he has too much information. He has no time for this. 
he's just like, okay, I'm the Third Eye Raven. I know something crazy that happened to you. And he picks one of like her most traumatic moments and tells that to her. And, San- and Sansa, she doesn't, that's the other one. She doesn't believe Bran can see everything. But quickly, she realizes he can see the past. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's how they got through the through the wall in the first place. She, uh, He did the same thing to his, uh, John's friend, that is the Lord Commander now. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay, you can come in. Jedi mind mm-hmm. trick. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know all of this about you. I've seen the past, present. I've seen the past and present. And it, it was a nice go. play. It was the tree. It was exactly where it happened. He recalled this that moment. So it, it really did play into people who were paying attention to who's like, oh, who knew exactly where that was. And that same tree is the same tree where she spoke to her mother at one point, too. So it, that that place has a lot of meaning to it. I thought it was interesting where they where they did it uh, again. We have no idea where Bran's going to lead to. Eventually, he may mention something about what Littlefinger's up to, to Sansa, you would assume, only because he can see or know everything. Oh, so, I didn't think of that. Yeah, so he knows he, everything, he, oh, but he also knows Littlefinger's motivations. Fingers. Yeah, too. he knows Littlefinger's motivations. So at some point, he's going to say something to her. Well, when that happens, so Littlefinger's going to have to plot against Bran at some point. It's going to be really, really interesting to see how that works out. Oh, future tense. Uh, yeah. No, no, future tense, We what we saw in... The next episode's trailer was Littlefinger pulling his knife. Yep. So he's gonna try to. Kill I, I was Bran. trying to figure out who the hell he was pulling it out for. He's gonna try to kill Bran. I didn't he's even think about that until you just brought that up. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah I don't like that. Same here. Mind blown. What Thank if he you. could take over, take over Littlefinger like he takes over other people? He's no, he can only take over simple creatures and simple minds. Mm, well, uh, yeah, he's not a simple-minded guy, so. Yeah, Littlefinger's definitely not a simple-minded guy. He's proven that in many ways, shapes, and forms. So let's head to King's Landing, where a lot of interesting things have occurred. There's Euron, there's Cersei, there's the Sands, there's Jaime. There's a lot going on, and that initial scene where he, Euron, is taking uh, Lady Greyjoy and uh, both the Sands, the mother and the daughter, with the chain around the neck, it, that whole Cersei scene from two years ago where the crowd is just spitting and throwing stuff on them, I thought was really well played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was pretty intense. And him pulling uh, uh, Yara. Yara up and being like, oh, yeah, did you see Theon? He was such a wimp. I think that might actually be why they showed Theon in there is to kind of bring, bring him mm-hmm. back into it and into the viewer's mind so yeah, they could how do weak that Reek scene. was in that scene yeah yep because he went full reek and he still seems like he's still reek at that point yeah but uh we, we get to see the the jamie eye roll and mm-hmm. you're on boasting except he wasn't boasting as loud as i expected i thought he was going to be boasting to the crowd no he just went right up to jamie's ear like does she like it in the bum yeah. Oh yeah! <laughs> Does she like the finger in the bum? Shh, just tell me later. And they're not right just now. Just tell me later. <laughs> yeah, you got that character uh, is becoming that character is becoming a magnet. He just eats up the scenes he's in now. I, I love him. I honestly like him as a character. He ha- he's a very swashbuckler type feel to him, which is really cool. It's like Captain Jack without the rum. That's that's how he reminds me. Like to me personally, in that scene when they're walking in, though, you see Alaria. And she sees the guy who killed her love, which I thought was interesting. It was like, it clicked right away. It didn't click for me until like a second later. I'm like, oh, wait, that's him. That's when I did the rewind on it. I'm like, oh, now I get why she, yeah, that's why she, why, why when she saw him, she kind of, 
it, it was like a halt real quick. It mm-hmm. was almost it was. I thought that was an interesting touch. Again, we we said callbacks to different seasons. That was a nice callback. Yeah. But and uh, then, the for Cersei though, she gets basically her gift is what we talk about of justice. She gets gift or justice, knowingly gets justice for Mycela's murderer. Unknowingly later, but I'll go over that one. But uh, I think we all expected, and Damien even more so, I remember, uh, a worse fate. I thought it was going to be more graphic, but this is more deep psychological time bound. She gets to watch her daughter's body decay. This is where you see Cersei just starting to go completely sadistic and into her Eidgaff kind of mode. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't give a F kind of mode. (laughs) Yeah. And it's intense like what she does if anybody wants to explain the scene go ahead i was going to mention a couple of things prior to that scene one was euron's shot to jamie in front of everybody saying i gave you something that no other man could give you which was a shot right across the bow in front of a crowd so it yeah. wasn't just the, the quiet conversation it was that's true hey, do two, mi- too. two yeah. middle fingers to everybody and the other one was Cersei uh, saying to him um, you'll have what, whatever you desire once the war was won. And you know for you know that that's not going to be the case, but whatever she has to do to keep Euron on that hook is what she'll say or what she'll do because she needs him for the sea, she needs Jamie for the land. So she's playing the game even right there of, of Thrones with people in her own group, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting and well played because Euron is going to continue to dangle by that carrot because he thinks he's going to marry Cersei at the end of all this. And then we see later on with that why that will not ever be the case. Uh, I don't know about never, but yes. But Cersei, yeah, Cersei does lay her power down. She doesn't mm-hmm. care what anybody thinks anymore. Uh, she openly uh, lets uh, a servant see her and Jamie together. But Euron's been sailing the, the 13 seas or whatever, and he knows about it. Every, so basically everybody knows that. Uh, Cersei and her brother hooking up. She just makes it out in the open house. She doesn't care. But one thing about that scene prior to that, her and Jamie hooking up, was that you could tell Jamie is not into Cersei anymore. He nearly pushes her away. Yep. Like he was pushing her away until she like starts going down on him, and then he's well, like, "Well, okay. I mean, no man's gonna push somebody yeah. away at that point. They're just gonna be like, all right, just go ahead.' Like, <laughs> yeah. And that was, and that was the breaking point. But you could see like, he was pushing her away until then, Jeff. Well, I think that it was more. She was just feeling so euphoric. From what she right. did to uh, the Sands, that she was just she she's it. like I need it, and I mean she can't. She went in rough too, not even just like uh, mm-hmm. gentle. She just like I know what to do, and we're yeah. gonna we're gonna do this right now because I need this because I am turned on by what I just did. Yeah, yeah. that was a callback to the Mad King because the Mad King did that too, where he would take somebody, kill them, and then go have sex with a wench immediately afterwards. Uh, they talked about it two se- or two or three seasons ago. And so I just thought that that was a quick callback on why she was oh, doing Im- yeah. immediately what she was doing because she's becoming the Mad King as the Mad yeah. Queen. And so it was just, just subliminal type stuff. But um, we talked about the, the, the kiss with uh, – uh, is it Tyrion or Tyne? Hilarious. Hilarious Anne. 
Yeah. Tyne oh no, Sand. she kissed the sword. Yeah. Kissed yeah. Tyne Sand is the one that she kisses, and and they Clyburn. She asks what the poison is. He calls it the long farewell. It's again. You talked about it being a callback. My curiosity is the fact that even though she wiped off her lips, did any of that transfer over to Jamie at some point? Because I mean, how? I, I mean, she so, kissed and she wiped well, it off, but or, I mean, he. he I, after that, he marked her the way down and did a battle after that. If she would have wiped that stuff on his wang when she went down on him, I mean, he, he it had been burning and we'd have seen something of it. So we're just making an assumption that she got it She got it fully off. I mean, she, she also, I mean, I guess even though she took the antidote, she would have still had that on there. I don't think you have to make no contact with it anymore and then take the antidote, at least from what they've shown of how the long farewell works. That's kind of what you have yeah. to do. I mean, uh, the sand, the mother, I can't remember her name Alaria. right now. Alaria, Alaria did the exact same thing. She did that, had the bloody nose, took the antidote, and then she was fine. Yeah, I was wondering why Cersei's makeup, especially her lips, was like so extreme in that scene. And then when I realized why it was right towards the end, I was like, oh, that wasn't on accident. Sometimes yeah. makeup is just really bad, but not on this show. That was purposely done. Jeff, you talked about Cersei's cruelty and the line that she has where she says that she wants to make sure the guards change the torches so that she doesn't miss a second of her body rotting was just evil. Like, that's evil incarnate. Like, it's mm-hmm. she's such an angry mother. And I, I don't even think it has to do with her kid anymore. It just has to do with the fact that, you know, she was one upped at some point, you know, previously. Mm-hmm. I don't really believe it has anything to do with, with, with her daughter. But man, was that just that's just pure evil. It was it was awesome line. I loved it. Yeah, and we got and we did get one more scene in there of the uh, the banker from the uh, the um, bank. And Mycroft. So, yeah, yeah, Mycroft from Sherlock, uh, Mycroft. <laughs> who was also the prince from Taboo, and uh, he was he was he was great in his little scene. But we got to see this uh, the poorness of the Lannisters and how they were struggling to pay their debts, even though mm-hmm. she could. Sp- talk a good game and had a lot of power how she was now struggling to pay debts and we saw this previously uh with tywin lannister dis- discussing how they they can't they they've ran out of gold to mine they are not the rich family they were before so they need to figure out a way to pay these debts off and that's how the plot turns later but how she was able to just turn that banker to her side was just how all of these tides are turning towards cersei uh, in the show right now and that's the complete opposite of when we first see Daenerys put her hand in the sand it's like it's on oh crap <laughs> now it's all on Cersei well well, Cersei does what she always does and she always downplays Danny immediately which is what she did she said she talked about the slave trade and how she freed the slaves so isn't that bad for business and she brought that up almost inst- instantly every time she has an opportunity she just throws shade on Daenerys yeah and revolutionaries are revolutionaries good for business are good in yeah, rebel- yeah 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 and the other yeah. thing that she talked about too was um I, I, what I thought that was interesting was the fact that they changed this to more than just a political game it became a money game too and that wasn't something that's been part of Game of Thrones up until this point mm-hmm. Taiwan yeah. brought it up a, a couple times like saying that money uh, that was a quote from Tywin, I believe, that Cersei said, that money wins wars. And then just showing that, again, that that's how they're going to get that. That kind of goes right into the next, or the another mm-hmm. big scene right after right. that. Yeah. So we're going to move into Dragonstone. I jumped mm-hmm. the gun like about 45 minutes ago, it feels like. <laughs> but, but Dragonstone has John immediately coming off the shores 
and being greeted by uh, Tyrion and asked to immediately take away his weapons, as well as, man, those Dothraki behind him took that boat fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's off the shore now. They just got they got it out of there, and you could just tell like something's not right. So there's no trust here. And uh, but even Tyrion, he was he was kind, he was uh, friendly to Jon Snow, but even he couldn't defend any of this. He's just like, there is no trust here. Uh, you have to, you. This is a new encounter for you. The whole Top Gun reference. Those dragons did a flyby in that scene while they're walking across, and they swoop down. And he's like, <laughs> well. Sometimes, or you t- eventually you get used to it. Yeah. So yeah. You could uh, initially you can see John kind of like freak a little bit, and it, and when you see the dragon, it's like, oh shit, they're real. You know what I mean? Not that because remember he's in the north, so he's just hearing stories, if anything, about dragons. He doesn't know if they're real. He knows that they that they have or could exist, but I don't know if he knew that they were real. And then the next immediate scene, you see Varys with Melisandre, and they have a conversation. Oh yeah. Uh- they she's just saying like how he starts saying that she shouldn't come back at all uh Mm -hmm. after after leaving and that's basically what the big part of it was is her just saying no i need to die here in westeros just like you she's heading to fort lannis what is fort lannis i don't know what it is is that anything that's been mentioned before because that's where she said she was going I'm not sure that it really matters unless they're no. going to bring her back. I think that she she has done what she needs to do in the series, and she's probably just going to get away scotch free unless, in her visions, she sees that she has ha- she has to die, and that's right. when she's going to come back. So maybe Fort Lannis will come up. I don't know. Yeah, she after a speech like that, she's going to die on screen. It's just a matter of when and where and how, and it's most likely going to be. More towards, I'm guessing, the end of next season. That's a hell of a play, though, for her. I mean, her her entire role is to bring Fire and Ice together. That's it. Like that's her job. Mm-hmm. And she did what she was. She did what she was supposed to do. They are now together. Exit stage right. Yep. Yeah. And <laughs> before Jon Snow and especially Sir Davos see me, because they will kill me. In yeah. A heartbeat. Right away. Bare hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As you oh, yeah. as as Jon Snow and you're walking in to see Danny and you see the throne. Uh, the, the the Targaryen throne. It's it's pretty intimidating. Like that. It's very very somber, uh, very dark. And she's just sitting there. And only there's only a few people on left or right. I mean, they have, she has a couple Dothraki that are up up top. You know, just for muscle. But man, to to come into that and not know who she is or what the expectation level is. I mean, he's going there blind. Which Tyrion had said. Listen, if I was your hand, I would have told you not to come. Like this mm-hmm. is that a bit. That's a stupid move. Like I don't even know why you're here. You know the Starks don't travel nor, uh, travel south well. Like it, yeah, it, it always ends up bad. So uh, thoughts of the introduction that uh, Danny gets, and then thoughts of the introduction that John gets. It was that was great because the two things that happened overall in the scene was they show how similar they both were, but this was just how different in the minutiae they were like all titles all history and who wants this who wants all of that and all of her successes to be known in john snow this is john snow he doesn't want any of this he's just doing it because he has to (laughs) exactly 
It's so yep. funny because he lives up to just being the bastard. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't have titles. Most people just kick me when I was down. I happen to say a few things. I lead fairly well and people want me where I'm at, but it's not something I chose. This is something that they chose for me. So I like the fact that he he kind of still comes off as a simpleton, even though he's a big, huge leader. Like it's it's really he doesn't even think of himself as that as those sort of things. He just feels like other people feel that way. So he kind of I don't want to let people down. So I guess I'll do it. Um, how about Davos was correcting Danny when she calls him Lord as opposed to King? I thought that was a shot right across the bow. It was awesome. Oh man, I love Davos yeah. in the scene at all. Davos is oh. my buddy. I love Davos. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he did a great job there, but it also kind of contradicts him earlier because he just went, this is Jon Snow, and didn't, didn't even consider it as a King of the North thing. But then when he realized that this was some power play. But Daenerys, like I said, she's justifying her claims based on her struggle to get where she is today, but both struggled there. And so Davos tries to get in there. He tries to uh, verbalize Jon's struggle and that this wasn't given to him either. Um, he struggled with all of these steps. And... Um, that that's sort of where those parallels started coming together. Like, look, we both had these things happen, but then uh, he doesn't do what I said he was gonna do. I was like, I was I think Chris was too, but Jeff, you're on that yeah. side. Me and Chris were like, he's gonna bend a knee, and Jeff was like, no, <laughs> no. Danny gave him every reason to. She threw out that Terrence Stark bent the knee to uh, Aegon Targaryen, and that because of that, that he saved the lives of the Northern Men that lineage should cause Jon Snow to bend the knee. But then she brought the she brought it up and he brought up her lineage and she's like, oh, don't fault me for what for what my father did. And then he's like, well, I don't have to do what my grandfather did. And bam, so bam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, we all have we all have relatives who have done stuff that we're not agreeing with right now. We're both our own people. But he doesn't refuse to bend the knee because of what I thought he was. Like he still can says to her and others he doesn't want to be king of the north he didn't he did not ask for that he refuses because i think he knows that if he bends a knee all of those men watching the wall and in winterfell will be ordered to attack king's landing and he's not about that he has an, another mission for him so i'm not bending knee to get to this be ordered so he he he, he has to save those guys first Go ahead. I don't know about that, though. I think that the re- uh, one of the reasons is because if he doesn't lead, that means the wildlings are gone. Yep. The wildlings become another force that they have to deal with, uh, plus the White Walkers. Yeah, th- maybe. Uh, they could be gone, but they wouldn't. They know the threat. The wildlings know the threat. So, yeah, they're not going to go back to the north because oh, that's no, where the no, threat no, is. No. They just might not be as friendly and revert back to a little bit of rating if Jon Snow's not the leader. So what she's asking Jon to do is be the Warden of the North, so basically her right-hand man. That's basically what she wants him to be. I'm the queen. There is no king, because if you are the king, that means you are against me. So I just want you to be the Warden, and you should be appreciative of the fact that I'm letting you have that title. And he was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> that's That's not what I came here for. And he lets her know that he understands that she's trying to save lives, which is why I don't agree with the with you thinking that, that she would attack right away because he, he he comes out and says to her, I know you're trying to save lives. Otherwise, you could have attacked already. If you oh, wanted not to, right away, but period. She, period. she would okay. divert his troops. Not right okay. away. She would divert okay. his troops from his focus. Yeah. And then that line uh, that it, he ends it on, 
uh, where she's like, I, I am the rightful ruler. And he just says, you'll be ruling over a graveyard. graveyard. And it's pretty awesome. It's like chills. I was like, yes, that's so good. Yeah, because that's what he's struggling with. John is struggling with getting people, and Tyrion said a great, wrap their mind around this. It's too big of a concept for people to wrap their mind around. They can play this game of, don't they know of all these other things going on? This is something supernatural and something they cannot wrap their mind around, humanity coming to an end or being humanity as a whole being threatened. Because at the end of all of these games, humanity still survives. But that's the same thing. Like Daenerys is struggling with her claim for the throne. She's struggling with people to believe she has dragons and she did all these things and she actually has a good heart. So they're both struggling with people to believe them. It's just at this point, John is there and he can see the stuff and start believing her. And now it's time for him to slowly bring her over to his side, which I think we'll see next episode a little more because she's getting there, uh, but he needs her to be wholly understanding where he's coming from and, and to believe him. And just like Terry said, you, you need to, like, you can't do the big stuff right now. Do the small stuff. Just get get the little promise first. Just get her to give you something. This became the Tyrion show. Like, all of the Dragonstone scenes, I feel like, became the Tyrion show. It was, like, Tyrion at his best. Like, in any of the other seasons where you just, like, he melts your heart with all of his things that he's saying. And he's right for most of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. What yeah. I Ex- oh, well, except for his battle plans. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, he was right. Oh, okay. good. I think she gets really angry when she's called a child. She flips out. Oh, like yeah. the part where he said, "You guys are all fighting over all this bullshit, and you have no effing clue what's out there. Because if you did, you wouldn't even be worried about Cersei. You wouldn't be worried about this stuff. And like you said, Cajun, she doesn't." And so you've got to pick your battles in the smaller fights. You, Tyrion said to her, Ted said to to John, you can't expect her to not know who you are for you to walk right in here and then go, oh yeah, I believe you. I, I'm going to change all of my plans and we're going to switch everything over. You've got to show her why. There has to be a reasoning why. So think of ways that I can help you. Think of ways that you know those little bites. And the dragon glass was the little bite. And it's funny because he plays John for that question on how can I help you? And then immediately they flip back to the scene with him and Danny. And she, he's like, give him something that means nothing. Who cares? Like, just give it to him to appease him so it makes him feel like he's won a battle. And in which case you can use that and say, hey, listen, I gave you what you wanted. Now give me what I want. And it makes it look like she's doing what she's supposed to be doing. In reality, Tyrion's just playing both sides because he's not sure which side's going to be victorious on this. He can't down her because... She's she gave him a look earlier when when she questioned the fact that he didn't you know that he didn't know who John really was or you know why would he be saying these things and at the same time he's playing the bastard card with John like you know we're still friends how he remember he asked how Sansa was doing he's like we never consummated anything how's she doing by the way like, yeah. he was like hey, buddy, how, how, how hey, goes we're, it we're still it good shit, right we're yeah, still we're, good yeah you're not gonna kick my ass or anything right I mean we're we're all right it was it was one of those weird things and he so he's trying to play the game too he reminds me of of a better Littlefinger. Like, he's he, he's a nicer version of what Littlefinger is trying to do because he's now he's trying to play the North and the Targaryens together. Or Targaryens, pardon me. Targaryens together. And figure that out, too. Everybody has to try to figure out how they're going to stay alive. And they and they all, they all want to keep their positions. Yep. And then going back to the these battle plans, uh, we got a, a good run-through. Basically, 
Tyrion's battle plan. He was he was able to describe the entire thing during the battle, and that was the extent of it on screen. So you get to see each part of it and how it played through, and it played through exactly the way he planned, except for the end. Go ahead. I okay. I have something. I have something between um f- between Danny and uh, Tyrion, uh, or not Danny and Tyrion, but John John and Danny. And he mentions he has a line with her where he talks about um, I'm sorry I'm messing with my notes here where she says people enjoy what they're good at and he says I, I don't. don't which is a line that's not lost on her because it reminds her of Rhaegar and Rhaegar said the same exact thing Rhaegar was good at killing too her brother and he didn't want to either and so this kinship between her and him it's these little things it's the brothers it's you know she he felt like ostracized she feels ostracized they. It's, I don't know. To me, it's it's just these little things that keep building the bond between the two of them together mm-hmm. that I think will play dividends in the next three to four episodes. Even though she wasn't a bastard or she isn't a bastard, she was treated and raised like a bastard the whole time. Yep. Yeah. In many in many ways, like she talked about the being slave, self and slavery and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, and just like Olena Tyrell told her, they're one step behind playing this game. They're in Westeros now, and Cersei is playing the Game of Thrones while they're toying around. And the Lannisters are one step ahead. And yeah, Tyrion's smart, uh, but Jaime's a military genius. And and I think that's where some of these plays are and the ruthlessness of Cersei and knowing her brother and knowing his brother. They both know some of Tyrion's strategy. And I don't think Tyrion was considering that in some of his battle plans i think that he was playing just against cersei and he didn't even for some reason think that jamie was going to be in the mix Mm -hmm. i think Uh, that's what what was going on because he just says my sister would do this he doesn't say anything about his brother through the whole the whole planning phase because that is his brother's thought it's him and his brother playing chess but he thinks that his he's playing it against Mm -hmm. his sister yep because his brother think, knows that he can take it. His brother oh, knows, yeah. like, oh, uh, Tyrion's going to go here, so let's just uh, fake out. Let's just leave something behind to let him attack it, but take all the food, all the money out of Castle Rock and let him take an empty shell. Sometimes I don't think we appreciate how much Tyrion has an effect on Danny because she wanted to just up, take dragons, go on the water, and start just firing the hell out of people. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you could get shot out there. That's not a good idea. And your dragons aren't impenetrable. So you're, you're basically putting yourself as an open target on water, and they have a shit ton of ships. So you might want to be careful on that. And she's like, well, I have a dragon. He's like, yeah, I get that. But yeah, you're so not she, a dragon. Yeah. Once, yeah. once she's, she's, rea- she's very reactionary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Missandre pulls her, pulls her in on that, too. She's like, one arrow in your toast. <laughs> Exactly, and so, but this is a big change for Danny because she was like not wanting to kill people. But I'm kind of, I'm trying to think like, uh, and this is just a, a, a quick aside thought. But what if she's not going to King's Landing with the dragons? She's not. I yeah. don't think that. I don't think that's where she's going. But that's a theory that I'm going to have in a minute. <laughs> okay, we're, we're on the same page, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a slow I'm a, I'm a slow my roll there because I don't think she's going there either with the dragons. And I think they they, they play something soon, but. Um, the big fake out uh, that we're, where Jamie Rock. ends up going is is after Castle Rock, Jamie has the High Garden. He, he goes does. hit the money. And who do you that. see riding with Jamie? 
you see Braum, and you see Sir uh, Sir Tarly. Tarly, yeah, Tarly. You see Samuel's yep. dad, who was basically promised to be the warden of the West uh, when the Tyrells go down. He's like, basically, we're gonna walk up there, take this place, and then that's your chair, right and there. And he needs he needs to be there for my theory for later next episode. So the fact that Tarly's there is really awesome because that's a general that does not lose. That dude wins every war that he goes into. And specifically with that sword that uh, Jorah has. So, I'm, I mean, I know that he still wants that bad boy back. I would. I mean, that thing's a, a White Walker killer. But the, that's the biggest Game of Thrones to me. The fake out was the biggest Game of Thrones move. Because mm-hmm. it's you're playing the chess pieces. They think I'm going to be there. And Jamie just outright says, you know what, Casterly Rock? Nobody gives a crap about Casterly Rock. That place is old and detrimental. I remember it as a kid. But that that's like a treehouse I used to go to when I was five. We, nobody cares. And even though they have it, they can't keep it, so it doesn't really matter anyway. Yeah, because because one thing that Tyrion doesn't know is he doesn't know all their gold uh, stores are run out. That's something yep. only that was talked about with Cersei later, and Tyrion uh, has probably has no clue that that even even is the case. So that's a surprise for him as well too. If you and when you watch the scene at Castle Rock, when you see Euron ships taking out all of the Unsullied ships, immediately my mind was like, oh shit, like. I knew something was. I was. I knew that they were someplace else. I just didn't know that. I didn't guess Tyrell, but then I should have thought that because when the banker was with her, he said that the people that have the most money are the Tyrells. So that would have led somebody to go, okay, well, she's just going to go that route. I didn't even think that at the moment, mm-hmm. but it makes complete sense that that was the case. And she said, yeah. "Give me two weeks or a fortnight, yep. and fortnight, you'll yeah. have you'll have your money." And yep. there we go. Uh, even Rebel in the preview, fast you see it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and just went in. And straight up took it. And I like that non-battle because we saw the battle at Castle Rock and that was well played out there. And we do know they need to be smart with their budget. They're not a big, they're not a movie. Uh, but I like how it was a non-battle because it also said that point that the Tyrells don't know how to fight. And this was, these were... Only their son really, was a great... Yeah, sir, yeah these were battle geniuses going up against them. They just walked right through and took mm-hmm. it. Yeah. What I liked was uh, Alana, which is Lady Tyrell, all in black. She already knew this was over. So she's sitting at the table... And Jamie walks in, and the the question from her is like, so did we fare well at least? Like, it wasn't even like we, you know, she already knew the answer to the question, but it was like, did we at least put up a good fight? Because I'd like to think that we just didn't go down like cowards. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, ah, meh, well, well. <laughs> I forgot exactly <laughs> what he said there, but he didn't, he didn't basically call them cowards, but you could just tell, like, yeah, it was. They, this they was did their best, me. basically. It was like, <laughs> they have a participation trophy. There you go. Yeah, she's foul mouthed too when she calls Joffrey, and I'm not going to use the c word that she used, but man, she called him a little c word, a when, cupcake. I, yeah, a yeah. little cup, a little <laughs> cupcake. After asking him about the sword, and he goes, "It's widow's whale," and she goes, "Ah, he was a little cupcake, wasn't he?" You know, and so like, come on, the guy, you know, trying to think bigger of the sword than it than it really was. And the other thing that I thought was really nice was her just beating him with how crappy Cersei is. Like, really? You love her? You love that? Like, she is evil incarnate, dude. Yep. And unapologetically, uh, didn't even question, just straight up, Joffrey was your son. Yep. Because mm-hmm. we all know that. But in that in this world where people are kind of understanding that Cersei and Jamie were together, she's just straight up, I'm about to die here, just to let you know I, I knew that little cupcake was your son. Yeah. And just emphasizing, it's it's piling. All this stuff's piling in Jamie's head of all these bad things, and uh, that Cersei says bad as she says. Yeah, go. 
She kept asking how she was going to die. She asked like five times, like, how are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? And Is he going to? Yeah. yeah she gave, he gave her like the, well, she wanted to behead you. She, we could have hung you for a while. I tried to save you from all that. And he pops open that cork, like, and I'm like, oh, man. Did she down that wine like a champ or what? Oh, she, yeah. She, like, popped she knew. it. was like. Yeah. She needed to get that off her chest. She's like, I'm only going to say this. Because she wanted to know how she was going to die. Because she needed to get that last yep. phrase, the last speech off her chest right before death. She didn't want to waste any words or something crazy happens. It's like. Let's get ready for it. And when she realized it was poison, I was like, <laughs> you can't do anything now because I'm about to die. Yeah. And just straight up downs it. And this is the last one. Like Jamie, originally when she's saying it, he doesn't believe her. And then it, it, it washes over him. You see it wash over him. Like, oh, he believes that she did it now. It's like, uh, Because he wants to. He wants to believe it was somebody besides Tyrion that killed his son. I saw this scene and I was like, man, Jamie is such a gentleman. He just found out that that woman killed his son, who is a cupcake, and he knows he's a cupcake, and he didn't pull out his sword and chop her head off. Yep. I thought that was going to happen. I thought he was going to at least stab yeah. her in the chest just mm-hmm. to give himself some gratification there. But he didn't. But I think all of this other stuff is weighing on his head that he just... He, it, there's there's too much truth in what she said beyond the Joffrey thing and uh, about Cersei's stuff, about... Jamie finally realizing that he's learning, like his loss to Rob earlier. He learned and did something different. Chris? Mm-hmm. Cajun, that's why the line to him saying that she knows vehemently that Joffrey was his son was such a stab. It was setting up the fall for that because now she, he knows that she knows. So that when she says, tell Cersei that I did it too, she knows that it hurts him just as much as it hurts Cersei. So it was... it. It set up that fall. So this is real. Like, this is this is really happening, and I really did it. So he can't, in the back of his mind, go, oh, she just said that. No, she knows a lot more than other people know. Do we think that he's going to tell Cersei? Nope, not at all. Yeah, I don't think so either. I'm going with yes, but Oof. that's only like 60-40 yes to no. Um, I, but I, because I think that he... He tells her when something comes up with Tyrion, like something's going to come up with Tyrion and it's going to force it out of him. So uh, what what are you thinking, Jeff? I'm thinking that if he does kill her and he does actually choke her out, like all the prophecy is saying, he's going to tell her while he's killing her. Killing her, which would be awesome. Yeah. Mm. That's still, tears that's still running my, down I, I his face. I still feel like he's done, he's gonna take her out. That's the person. I, I, yeah, yeah, don't Arya. No, no. Like, that's just not. It's not Arya. It's definitely him. And uh, this yep. is you're watching the slow turning of Jamie. He went from somebody who was, uh, you know, there's a bad plan word, starkly defending, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, defending <laughs> Cersei to now, like the the Lady Tyrell thing. To you, to your point, Cajun. It's 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 weighing on him. It's like. You know she's right. You know she's right. You know she's right. But I have this honor that I have to defend. And he gets kicked in the nuts by Euron. He gets kicked in the nuts by Lady Tyrell. He's really taken it on the chin this 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 episode again. This is a guy that constantly gets told that he's not strong enough and that he cannot defend, and he can't, he just constantly. And eventually, he's going to to fight back, even if it's not because uh, against the person that he really wants to fight back against, just to prove that he can do it. Yeah, 
I think mm-hmm. that he's just going to break and just do it. It's it's going to be more of a crime of passion than it is going to be a a a, a meticulously thought out thing. He's just going to yeah. do it because there's nothing else that he thinks that he could do. Yeah, I'm, I am sticking to my my theory from last week though that it's something that happens during the Battle of King's Landing that Cersei does something just so unethical or goes to order something so unethical that turns the tide of the war that the battle that uh, he's just like no, this is the Mad King all over again, and I think it's at that moment. But I think that that moment being is so critical because. The reason I have that theory is because it's going to turn the tide and cause Daenerys to lose or retreat, but also Cersei to die too. So now, then, then you're left with this sort of this vacancy, I think, for a, a quick second in show timeline. Before we go into our theories, I just want to give a shout out to Lady Tyrell for like literally stealing the show for this entire episode. That those last five minutes with her for me was the best part of this entire episode. And I thought that her lines and how she delivered everything, it's almost the same way she delivered them to Danny and how she's played the last two or three seasons when she's been a major player in the game. I think that she's always like kind of on the outside, even though she's ha- the, currently the head of House Tyrell. But I just felt like she she picks her, her moments and she always had a way to just like poke at people. I loved her for it. I'm going to be sad to see her go, but uh, yeah. sh- shout out to Lady Tyrell. Yeah, Diana Rigg is the actress's name, and then I'm gonna miss her. Like she, she, she stole every scene she was in. It's one of those characters you just wish could be in more, but in an ensemble cast like this, she does have to give up screen time. But man, yeah, gonna miss seeing her on screen. Yeah, she stole the show like every time that she was in it for sure. So and you don't want to be another actor in a scene with her. She's just no, uh, yeah. right. <laughs> All right, show. so let's get into final thoughts. Let's let's get into some of the hits and misses that we've had over the last whether the sh- whether it being the show. Or our personal hits and misses. I think the show did it uh, did itself a huge hit by just the dialogue in this one. All of the dialogue and the scenes were on point. Everything said what it needed to, eloquently and thoroughly and entertainingly, and and even had a nice battle in the middle there too. But it was a whole bunch of dialogue scenes, and they were all just everybody was just on point on this. I think it was a, a well rounded episode. Yeah, you get witty dialogue, you get dragons, you get a battle, and you get boobs and everything. It, like it hits, a, <laughs> it, it hits everything that most of the people are like, "Oh, I didn't have one of these things," and uh, it did a really good job. The only thing that could have made it better is if we got a glimpse of the White Walkers again, but they showed yes. those things so sparingly, just like they do the dragons. I think that this. The last two or three seasons have been the simmer, and now we're getting the meal. And so each one of these episodes now feels like they're starting to put the the pedal to the metal. And in normal episodes, you always have a couple of lingering episodes where it's like, okay, this is just moving the the story along. This is just moving the plot along. In any of these three episodes, I feel like this is just pedal to the metal. They're they're really just laying it on. Like, this is the payoff to why you guys have been watching these all these seasons. So I really appreciate that. Uh, Jeff, I agree. We, uh, not enough Arya, not enough uh, the guys we talked about being over and is it uh, Rivers? Uh, East, East River, Watch. East, and East, the Riverlands. Yeah, the, the guys river, that yeah, were the in the Riverlands last time we saw them. Mm-hmm. The Riverlands mm-hmm. and the Walkers. Those three have been missing, although Bran was missing, so maybe next episode we might get a glimpse of them or at least get a, a quick shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because Arya hasn't really moved very far. I mean, she hasn't 
she hasn't gone very far. She's, I don't I know. Think, There's I a lot of time that has passed again, though. But then again, it's yeah. like all over the place. Like yeah, we, we know we've had like a couple of weeks. We know she's been moving up that way. Uh, and I think there was a shot of her on a horse overlooking King's Landing in the in the preview. So, I mean, it, it, could, it could let her be Stark, Stark, Stark hitting, uh, not King's Landing, hitting Winterfell um, back-to-back episodes. The only misses I've had so far is not enough Dothraki for me. Yeah. I have a feeling that's going to change the next episode, but I mean, the only time we've that's seen That's her them, only force. Yeah. yeah. We, we really haven't seen them, um, and they, they traveled across that water to fight, so all they're doing currently is just kind of standing and wait, and I get that because they haven't really attacked anything, but you'd think that they'd have the forces, the fronts moving somewhere, aside from just protecting the castle. So I, there's got to be some, some strategy involved where mm-hmm. even there's, there's some people out in front, you know? Yeah, there was two moves that were supposed to be made first, and it was uh, getting the Dornish army up there and uh, taking Castle Rock, and um, one was complete failure, and the other was uh, semi um, smoke uh, and mirrors, a soft yeah. boiled success, kind of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that that was it. I was one of my uh, one of my one of my hits was that I did predict that Daenerys would win that battle, but that was pretty easy. But one of the other ones was I said Grey Worm was going to die there. Which is still it's up in technically the in the cards because they're they've sort of surrounded and starved out. Uh, is the theory of what's going to maybe happening next with Euron's fleet and them be having no food and money? It really depends if they can retreat off the backside of it. Um, but yeah, that one's a that one's a, a, a waiting one on the Graven one. But I was really that was my projection was he was going to die this week and he didn't. A gray, I had a graze again with my ver- my whole Varus uh, prediction. It's still it's still there and it's still just lingering. It keeps showing just a little bit more every time. Uh, with the Melisandre, uh, Melisandre and his talk saying that he's going to die in this land, like she is going to. I I think that that one's still on the table for me. Yes, Cajun. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw something into there, okay? And I'm going to uh, I'm gonna, actually gonna add a new theory onto mine, but it's a it's it's backpacking yours, okay? Onto why it's pretty man. Euron really found uh, Daenerys' fleet easily, and man, they really knew where uh, the uh, the army was going to take Castle Rock. Yep. Ooh. Sounds like there's a spy. Yeah, it's, it's... and I'll put it. I'll put Varys as the leak in uh, Daenerys's circle and that's that's the reason I don't think it's Varys I think it's Missendi no, I know I think it's the little birds because he's still getting all of the information and he's passing all of the information through his birds but the birds have are giving all of the stuff to Quiburn the dark maester because uh he gives them candy so he's yeah, able he's to get not, that that could be that that that's really good but I don't think he's telling them the bird. I don't think he's telling the birds that where they're attacking because they're not know that. They just tell him stuff and they get uh, whatever rewards uh, that Varys has. But he's not telling them his secrets. He's getting secrets from them. Is the theory behind that? He's not telling them anything to pass, as far as I know. When I hear candy, I just think of Game of Thrones, like cocaine, <laughs> like <laughs> causing these little birds to go flying like crazy. So, how about some theories, some thoughts, some things that we feel like are going to be occurring over the next few episodes? Um, well, there's a few that uh, I got that that I've, that are still up in the air. I, I did say that Cersei was going to have to say yes to Euron. Um, she straight up said maybe, 
yeah. uh, in the future. Hard, maybe. Um, it felt it felt like a hard pass. It that gonna, felt like a lead on. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna have to do some stuff for me, like to get into yeah. these draws. You're gonna have to dro- <laughs> drop some more. A guys. scene later, she was blowing her brother. So come on. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, literally. Yeah, but he he's he's a big turnoff for her. But I'm I'm really surprised that that's how it went. I really thought she was he was going to force her to say yes, but that's just showing her power at this point. Uh, the gifts were exactly what uh, said they were. Uh, said Brian was not going to run the role. But one thing I thought was Cersei was going to do and uh, was that she was going to torture Ilaria San's daughter in front of her. It's sort of, but if this is more torture for Ilaria, the daughter's going to die quickly. Um, but my two future theories was one mentioned earlier. The, what's in those papers that Samuel is going through is uh, White Walker history, uh, the battle before on how to take him out. And I, the other one was one we talked about just now too. Jamie will tell Cersei, but I'm 60-40 on that one. I think that Euron is going to have a shot with Cersei when Jamie decides he doesn't want her anymore and she's going to turn to him. And I think that's going to happen before the season ends. I think that Reek is actually going to make it out of his, out of his stupor. Uh, Theon is going to come through again, and that's why they keep showing him. Is it's going to be a process. That's him show, saying like, oh, I let my family get captured by a sadistic, insane man. And I need to save her and I need to work this out. Maybe he fi- uh, figures out the PTSD or something or works through it. The next time that we see him in a battle, he might actually just push through the whole thing. But who knows? What if the roles reverse? What if he becomes Theon Greyjoy and Lady Greyjoy ends up becoming like a reek because of what's going on with Euron and she has the PTSD and he has to save her? I mean, he he was put through a lot of torture with Ramsay to get there, like yeah. a lot of psychological torture yeah. to get there. And Euron's crazy, but I don't think he has the focus to do it. The dude, I mean, the dude is just an ADD pirate, just like, oh, shiny things and things and stuff and Cersei and he's just bouncing all over the place. I think I don't think he has the torture to to break her mentally. Like he that. is yeah. the Bam Margera of uh, yeah. <laughs> of Game of Thrones. Yeah, and remember how much hate we were like this dude's kind of like he was getting this from us in episode one. What I'm saying is like quite a few of us were just like I don't know if I like this guy. He's kind of annoying. His characterization's a little too extreme. But man, after two more episodes, he is just eating up those scenes and just he's just a magnet. I mean. Love, the love to hate character, but yeah. man, he's just a magnet of energy. Just the Jamie comments to like him about Cersei was just like, I'm going to F your girl. Like it was just like, it It was right out there in Front Street. I loved it. And it was really off the cuff. He's like, psh, psh, by the way, oh, by the way, I'm leaving. And I'm just going to say hi to everybody else and, and enjoy the glory. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. I loved it. It was snarky. That was really cool. Um, one of my theories is for the next episode, the next two episodes, but I... To, we were talking about Danny and the army and going to King's Landing. I don't feel like she's going to King's Landing. I feel like she's going to uh, Highland and she's going to go attack Jamie right on Front Street. And they're, they're yeah. not expecting it. So I don't think the Lannisters are going to expect it. And if those dragons take out are able to take them out right away, you're taking out a large army on ground. This gives the Dothraki, which were brought basically for ground attack, an advantage because they can just kick the Lannisters ass on ground. I feel like they, I feel like that's where the advantage is. And then they have the attack from the air with the dragons too. Right. Cause you're not going to have the ballista with them. And that's what I was thinking as well too. They hit them not at high garden though, but they hit them on the road back. Yep. I said, Highlands. Like, I meant high garden. Yep. Are yep. we sure they're not going to have the ballista? Uh, that's not, 
that's not a, I I don't know. They may have the ballista. I really feel like that, that Jamie's going to get an opportunity either in this episode or the next episode with a dragon. I think a dragon's going down before a dragon's going down within the next couple of episodes because that's the part where Danny has to take a loss to either a listen to John or b realize that you know this th- this is real. Like the, the, it's not just like I'm the queen of everything and everything's going to work my way. Things have to. This is a game. I think that if one of his uh, or one of her dragons is going to go down, it's going to be the one that's named after Viserys because it, it would just fit the most. Yeah, in terms of the naming convention? Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, because that, that puts John's dragon being the one named after his dad. Um, now, I, I disagree on a dragon going down this season because I think one the, the ballista scenario that's the way you take them down i think those have to be physically mounted and they're going to be mounted around the city or not rolling and traveling or we might have actually seen one already uh but i think the end of this season is going to be the white walker battle on east watch and okay. i think them breaking through and uh winning the white walkers winning that battle is the end of this season which emphasizes their threat and we're not going to see a king's landing battle until later uh is my theory on that Jeff? are they take go ahead oh good, good. yeah um, you just popped another theory into my head, actually. I think that Drogon is a female, and when she disappeared last, uh, or when she disappeared a couple seasons ago and was gone for a very long time, she was laying eggs. Oh, wow. Mm. That could be interesting. Or they're about to go underneath their family's home. Dragon eggs can last a really long time, apparently, because uh, Danny got some eggs that were who knows That's how old. That's true. What if there's just a ton of dragon eggs under Dragonstone? Oh, that would be awesome. Shit. They haven't even gone underneath yet. They showed that uh, in the first episode, mm-hmm. but they haven't talked about it since. Yeah, think- the, the, the trailer for the next one shows them going underneath. So, yep, there you might find dragon glass and dragon eggs. Maybe also- dragon eggs need to do something in dragon glass to get to the point before they can hatch and fire. The other thing that I think is the turning point in the next episode or two, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to specify, but I think John saves Danny's life in some way, which earns her trust. And so now whatever he says, she may be more, even more willing to believe. So I think that that's how he earns it. She, something puts her in danger. He's able to save her. Or maybe she sees the fact that he takes damage that like a normal person should not be taking, and so then she is—it's like an awakening, like oh crap, that he there is something special about him. I don't know, but I, I think that that might be the case as well. Dude's got yeah. his face bashed in and just kept on fighting. Now there's so that puts a third way in terms of her finding or her her and him finding out uh, that he's a Targaryen. Mm-hmm. One, Bran tells him either at Winterfell or via Raven. Um, two, Samwell tells him from uh, books he learns it about. And the third is him actually gets severing, severely burned or caught in fire and not taking any damage. And that, and he, him doing that near Danny makes her, makes her or somebody around her who knows about her like, wait, are you related in some way? So he might not know his parentage, but that, that might be a third way where he might accidentally not get burned and that could be part of chris's theory about he saves her but he could save her uh from a scenario where he could supposedly get burned and not we also talked about and i I think we talked about this before the cast that that his wolf is still out amongst 
the, that wolf has not come back yet. And so I, I'm curious at, at what point, because that's part of the, the magic around him a little bit is the wolf. And so I'm hoping that at some point they bring, it, they don't spend all their money on the dragons. I know that in next episode, for sure, they ordered over 100 horses. There is going to be a battle. Field of Fire 2.0 is going to happen. So it's just a matter of how this is going to happen. But Dothrakian horses, bunch of dragons. We remember what happened with uh, when we had the Field of Fire last time, and the, that dragon was just all over the place, just spitting in straight lines. So we'll and see. Right now, the we'll... easiest fight is catching Jamie and, and uh, troops on the way back. On the way back. Yep. The way back. Yep. And that would put a hurt me, hurting on King's Landing because it would it would totally hurt their money. Like that's like if they don't have the money to pay back, they're screwed. They're taking the money with them. Oh yes, because so we just assume that it's gonna make it back. Yeah. So if yeah, she hits, they, if she hits so them right in time cuts and stuff. Yeah, but if they're yeah. if if they're traveling backwards, that's where she's gonna hurt them the most. She's gonna hurt them in the money spot, which is what the whole bank said. If you don't have the money, and now Danny has the money, guess who we're backing? We're gonna back the people that have the money. Yep. The bank has basically said we're backing the people who have the money. So if she has it. That's how she can take the tide because it's already well, it's swung right they're now. Banking the, they're banking the winners and money wins war. Yeah, and yeah. right now you have none. And yeah. Ooh, the pendulum keeps one. going back and forth. The pendulum right now is near Cersei where you saw in the beginning, if you were in episode one, Danny had this locked up. She literally could do whatever she wanted to do. And this was one. And Cersei was play, was backpedaling. Her back was against the wall. Remember Jamie saying, you maybe have two. Of, two. Like that's it. That's all you have. And now all of a sudden the pendulum swung back towards the Lannisters and they're in control of what's going on because they now have the sea and now they have the land at High Garden. So it now it's got to swing back. Like this pendulum just keeps going back and forth until eventually the White Walkers just put a, a flag in the ground and go, they go, "Oh crap! It's not about us anymore." Mm-hmm. That's I, I'm I'm liking the uh, the layers to the uh, the intercept on the road back from High Garden theory. I like it because. Technically, in terms of if you look at the map, uh, High Garden is way to the west, King's Landing is way to the east, but Dragonstone is just in the same cove that King's Landing's in, just four day outside. So it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not a stretch for Daenerys to get her troops around King's Landing and intercept. She doesn't have to go a long ways out of her way to intercept. So and and also, I was checking out the map today. The Dornish army is not out of it. I mean theoretically the way they're writing it they're out of it because they're not, they can't get on boats to get there but technically there's a there is physical distance if they traveled north but it doesn't look like this army travels do you know what we, well. you, we also haven't seen the wildlings like no we haven't they're talked about east that watch. they're going to they're east, east watch. watch we're gonna we're gonna see that battle of east watch they're just watching and so that's when that's gonna go down whenever so you feel the white do, you, hit it. do you feel like each one of these areas is going to be an episode, like East Watch is going to be an episode, yeah. and then the Wall is going to be an episode, and that this whole battle between the Lannisters on land and between the East and uh, or where you know going from High Garden to back to King's Landing, that's an episode. They're just going to kind of pivot each each one of things, and everything else is going to play background to it. Well, because we're looking at seven episodes this season, um, this is this is going to be the midpoint. So I really like your theory of that battle happening, even though we didn't really see much in terms of battle scenes in mm-hmm. the trailer. That could be a surprise, but I like where you're going an early battle there. And then uh, with the finale of this season, my theory is still that it's going to be uh, White Walkers East Watch is going to be just as big of a fight 
as we saw when Jon Snow and them uh, hit it, and it's just going to be as devastating. Yeah. So that's because they don't have Dragonglass. They don't have the weapons to do it. Um, yeah. So that's, I think, how it's going to play this season. But there's, I mean, we have four left. So that's two battles. There's going to be filler episodes. But as we saw today, you don't need much with filler when you have great dialogue like this. Yeah. At some point, I feel like Sansa is going to have to make a very tough decision where she's going to have to make a call when John's not there about what happens in the North. And it, whatever decision she makes is going to rally the troops so that when he comes back to you, Cajun, when you were talking about we're going to have to make a decision on who the Stark is that's going to be leading these troops, there might be indecision on the fact that it, they, they may follow Sansa and go, well, you know what? She, you know, some of the choices that she's made have been really good choices. She was able to bring in the food. She was able to defend or whatever. And then when John comes back, it, I, I feel like there's going to be some indecision. The only indecision, the only indecision is because when he gets there, I think it's going to be a sharp turnaround before him and others know that he has Targaryen blood. Oh. That's it. Like we elected this guy. He's been a great leader for us. But like but he's a they Targaryen. very emphatically said, how can you trust a Targaryen? Yeah. And that's going to be the overwhelming thing is like you did this stuff just recently uh, that we didn't trust. And now you made an alliance with somebody we don't trust and you have the blood of somebody we don't trust. Um, and so, yeah, they're going to rally against him there. It's just at that point, Bran's not going to doesn't seem like he's going to step up. Uh, will Sansa double down and say the White Walkers are the real threat? Or is she going to trust her own gut and say Cersei's a real threat and turn and face the other way? She right, just so seems I think to that, see, the, see the White Walkers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yep. think that's a, a combination of all the theories and thoughts and processes we have for this week's episode, uh, Season 7, Episode 3. And I... I think we've capitalized on everything that we were we were going to talk about <laughs> yeah. today, man. It was a yeah. pretty hefty pretty hefty episode. Uh, Cajun, where can people find you at? Uh, Cajun, say it all one word on Twitter and all over the Uprising Family Gaming Network. Last Iron Banner is coming up in Destiny, so we're going to try to finish off the year with two wins in a row. Jeff, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at the Jeff Berry. Uh, you can also find me on the Nerdentials podcast and here and for me you can find me at two wolves t-w-o-w-l-v-z-z uh twitter facebook and geekologist radio and for the spoiler cast for game of thrones uh season seven episode three we are out